Good old classic. Uh, click it. I I don't know what's happening. Okay. Okay. Tyler's philosophy podcast. Tricks. Uh oh, uh, I'm uh, Ryan. Hey, you used to live in my basement, McKenna. <laughs> I'm Highland Artificer's assistant, Grant. We're the Dodlers Philosophy Podcast. Mm. talking about today hey what's your take on something what is happening yeah <laughs> we're, today we're going to talk about the world. the world what in the world is that we're going into a dark age you need to get run for cover and stuff everything's falling down around your ears listen to me don't listen to anyone else Buy my t-shirts. Okay. Uh, deal. Do we have merch? No. We continue not to. Our 3.7 listeners wouldn't probably make it worthwhile to print them up. Uh, the world. Well, we should... <laughs> what? I was going to say, if we did merch, it should be like... You know, like things to cover your armpits if you sweat through your shirts or whatever. And they just say, like, Doddler's philosophy on everywhere. Come on now. Oh, I know what we should do. We should sell empty cans for people to kick down the road and say Doddler's on it. Perfect. That's our first bit of merch that we've come up with on empty the Empty cans. Yep. That one can kick. <laughs> Can kicking commence. Do you have uh, an angle on this? You got a way you want to start this off? It's kind of hard to talk about the world. That's a really big deal. That's the it's it's everything. <laughs> is it? Or is it nothing? I don't know. You kick it off. What's everything? What's the world, Ireland? Well, I can attempt to Wrong. kick it off. <laughs> uh, in the sense that it seems to me as though. In yours and my conversations with each other about ideas over the months and years and moments, we often will end up referencing or attempting to reference unusual subjects uh, that might not function as simply as the banana is yellow, whatever. We might want to say something about reality, or we might want to say something about the way the world is, or something. When we're doing ontology, metaphysics, science, what is it that science studies? Best. Nature. Well, where's nature? It's in the world. The world has a nature. (laughs) What? Which, how does it go? You know, so... That I think that we wanted to attempt to have a con- an extemporaneous conversation about 
the way that we use phrases like the world when embedded in metaphysical sentences about about the world you know like uh, what is the world made out of the whatever that kind of thing that's that not what the way the world we works doing? son yeah <laughs> i guess um <laughs> i uh i don't know i mean i it's a funny one because i feel like sometimes if i reference the world and you've got your argument hat on you'll be like what do you mean by the world and i'll be like ah oh, fuck well Just okay let me say shit i'll try to say it another way that will maybe or maybe not provoke more than a shrug one of the things that happens that cause and sometimes causes trouble is when i am being skeptical of things it's a disease and when you are being a game dogmatic, player, oh, okay. no, no, nice. right? I mean, I think yeah. I'm trying to no, no. display what each of us think that we're doing when we talk this way. So you're just like, hey, I'm over here. I'm playing the science game. And I say something about the temperature of this river. And then maybe... If mm -hmm. in the way that you phrase it or somehow, or if I'm in a mood, maybe I'll get triggered and well, say, well, what are, you, what are you making a claim about reality? You think you know what's going on in reality? And then some, and then you'll typically say no and get frustrated and be like, yep. that's not, why, why do we have to do this again? And like, whatever. <laughs> I'm not, I don't care about this capital R reality that certain philosophers seem obsessed with. I'm just talking about the world. Or, you know, you might say something like that. And then I might begin to wonder, what does that quote-unquote the world mean in Ryan's speak? And how does it differ from capital R philosophers' reality? Yeah, I would, yeah. That's the that's probably I feel I I think that that's what I'm thinking when you and I are discussing this. That that's what you're thinking. Anyway. Yeah. So typically when I'm talking about the world, the world. I guess I'm just trying to say that it's like um you know, dimensions or whatever. Like we have, you know, a visual sense and, a, you know, we have a, um, you, know, a, you know, a numerical approach and we have all these various dimensions upon which we try and triangulate on some phenomenon or whatever. And um, it is a sort of co-mingling of both language, culture stuff, and whatever is going on, right, out there. You know, this thing we call a cheetah is doing this thing we call running, you know, or whatever. And so to me, you know, given all the context of the maps we make about the cheetah's distribution, the animals we've, you know, 
itemized as to what we think it eats based on our observations of it eating them. You know, all that kind of like that becomes sort of like the world, you know, and we're just talking to. So sometimes it's like people know the world of the cheetah. You know, it's really it's like the world we've made and the cheetahs, the like protagonist or whatever, you know, is the centerpiece of the story, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's typically what I'm trying to talk about. And I guess really what it is, is it's like if we're going to say if we're going to be like literal about games or something like that. Then I think I'm think I'm trying to say when I say the world I'm like it's the arena or whatever you know like the place upon which this activity is is ha- is happening and it's kind of weird because it's sort of both you know in my skull and it's in other skulls and it's ink on paper and books and you know like it's all this stuff plus it's the going out and trudging into the marsh which is in the world, <laughs> you know what I mean? And taking your core samples there and, you know, noting is sandy layer and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like it just, it's all like, unfortunately, it's very messy and complicated and it's, it co-mingles the whole, the whole lot of it, you know? Um, to an extent, one is usually saying, all right, well, I'm going to cut off somehow I'm not going to include my lab in the world or whatever, which is probably a bad habit. But sometimes people do that implicitly, I think. And they think that you, you know, take a boat down a river to the mouth of the river where it meets the ocean and that's the world, you know, that kind of thing. And you know, your surroundings where you are more in peril or something. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I might be wrong. Of course, but, you know, just to remind you, I agree, I might be wrong, (laughs) but it seems to me often, including in a couple of the things you just said, (laughs) that you have not a clear conception and not a univocal conception here, that there's some equivocation happening, there's some degree of Are you talking about another of the thinking tools that I have found useful before? And hopefully we need to do a home, like a meeting on or whatever. But this Geary triangle idea about the word. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The model and the word. Good work. Yes. As at least mm-hmm. three possible domains in which one can orient. I, I would definitely work within that. It seems to me the way I understand those three that sometimes your words point toward model and sometimes your words point toward world and that you don't know the difference or really like that it's not consistent. I think, though, that that triangle thing is a is a tool of convenience, right? It's it's just something where in my thinking you would just draw a line and say, okay, well, the model is not in the world or whatever, but kind of probably is. But you want to separate it out somehow and that the words also aren't in the world. You know, it's just all very, you know, there's these it's it's almost like what when I think about that triangle thing, is it kind of it's a nice a different approach that I think is a nice framework. But the other framework seems to that seems to be simultaneously going on in my head. 
is this abstraction concretion kind of thing as well. So that's happening at the same time. And so sometimes I've been this there because it falls within this characterization, I would say is a concrete thing or whatever. And then this other thing is more abstract. And so I'm kind of all over the place. And honestly, it mostly just because it is uh, a word a, a phrase, the world said in passing, you know, it's not, it's not a, um, it's not something I'm typically wanting to like focus on, you know? And so when we talk about the world and I, I mentioned it, then you're like, eh. and there's all this shit we're unpacking right now as we speak, you know? And I'm just like, God dang it. You know, cause I could, I'm, I'm amenable to all these kinds of different approaches, I guess. Another way to say what bothers me, maybe, <laughs> is that, well, I'm not finding anything in that to directly address. I'm not, I don't know, We ha I haven't found the friction yet. I'm not sure that there is a coherent layer where you tend to default. Because I always want to, like, go all the way, you know, to... yeah capitalized essences or whatever thence to deny them but that I think they're an important orientation tool for our conceptual schemes and then when you say well yeah I'm going to go out in the marsh and dig around do some science I'm like, <laughs> and then I say something annoying to you like well how do you know when you do that and you dig in the mud that you're not just in the matrix or whatever, and there really is no <laughs> mud, and it's just the ones and zeros mm -hmm. running over your neurons in the vat, because you're just this brain in vat or whatever. And that's where you, then you want to say, I, okay, fucking, I don't know, I don't care. I'm not worried about that layer at this, like, what is really happening? Am I in a marsh or in a matrix? I'm just in the world. Whatever it is, I don't care what's behind it or something. I don't know if that's a metaphorical. Yeah, I mean, to an extent there. I mean, I wanted to make a joke and say, I know I'm not in the Matrix because not everything's very kind of green tinted. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess it's, it's traveling. It's not an investigation I've ever really done. So I'm not going to be very good at being clear about that personally okay you know what i mean like it's something i probably should do eventually since i'm the one who brought up the world bit yeah well in this sense of if it is something other then it means to the metaphysicians where like we might define it as something like the totality of facts or something you know the the aggregate of everything which is the case that's the world. The totality of interpretations. I suppose. But, I mean, everything... You know, and then when you were talking about the triangle, I'm like, no, everything is... In a sense, and then... Okay, well, I'll just say it first and then back up. Everything is in the world. The model is in the world, and the word that you're referencing the model, which then does or doesn't fit with the reality... With the world, because to me, reality and world are synonymous. Usually, when I talk mm -hmm. in this way, it's tricky because even the model of the world is in the world. Yeah, it, it, at least by hypothesis. If this metaphysical sure. picture is accurate, if most, 
metaphysics right. is are accurate, then all the models and all the words and all the everything is taking place within the world, whatever that is. That, we, that if I'm right, none of us ever ought attempt to talk about because we can't tell the difference between when we have made a persuasive mistake and when we've discovered the truth. But I still want that to be there as a concept because then that works in your epistemological semantics because you can do correspondence theory truth then and so what do you and then if I guess if you have a Ryan world in between then you may be some kind of pragmatist and it's just like well it seems that way to those of us who work in the relevant field and it's sort of a social construction type thing or I don't know I mean it's yeah I mean in terms of like upbringing and stuff like that you know my parents told me you know I was well I don't even know what they said things like that's not how the world works you know or whatever right you know that's a parent thing to say yeah well then you've got (laughs) like a what we might call a notional world a world according to Garp a world according to Papa McKenna the world of the cheetah and then anyone can define whatever characteristics they want of that sort of thing on the penalty that we all agree it's fictional well except i mean at least it's it's fictional in the sense that you know like you were like you were often to be heard saying on this podcast and in other places, I'm sure, that, you know, one would know if they had access to the truth or whatever. So it's kind of got to all be, to some extent, fictional. Just in the sense that we don't have an absolute certain certain understanding of what's happening or whatever. We aren't Laplace's demon, so we'll never be able to say this is the world. There'll always be missing pieces, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, you know, one of the great examples of that is just how, you know, our scientific activities develop over time and what we learn and how we lose a sense of um, comfort with some, I don't know, set of facts, interpretations, whatever. And then we start to have, you know, not scientific revolutions always, but just, you know, changes in what we think is happening, a big one that happens often is, you know, with respect to um, paleoanthropology and archaeology, something that recently came out is uh, materials, human materials found in a cave in Mexico, which date, you know, back to like 26,000 years ago, which might push, given all the dates, this group of archaeologists considered that it might push everything back to like 33,000 years ago when humans first came to North America. Not everybody likes that. So it's like these things, like more information comes along, so you can't always know, right? That's fine. Um, Yeah, I'm just like, okay, and this is, I just want to focus people on the way that they use language a lot of the time. So when you say things like, well, we got some new data on this, we got new dating data, and it pushes things back 30,000 years where 
in the model, right? It doesn't, no one thinks it physically or what it goes out in the world and pushes anything anywhere. But we, in English, we've got all of these oh, well, physical, yeah, physiological metaphors or whatever. And so it well, pushes it was, the dates back to. If it was up to Hofstetter, it would all be metaphors, right? I mean, that's all it is. Yeah, well, I mean, I shouldn't have distracted us with that. I'm thinking more... <laughs> I'm thinking Lakoff rather than Hofstetter, but they both, mm. you know, whatever. Um, when you say that, of course you're talking about it has pushed the model around. It's made us change the, the dates of when we think things happened. But then you've got your capital R realist metaphysicians that want to say, well, okay, your model is what it is, but there's a fact of the matter of when those humans came to this continent or whatever it was that you were talking about. In that case, it's really clear and easy, I think, when you say, yeah, well, you know, this new data pushes something right. Yeah, you know it's pushing in a model. I think yep. that there are many more subtle cases where it's not nearly that clear. And when I listen to quantum physicists give lectures about quantum mathematics, I think one hears a better example of the sort of subtlety where I think there's at least one of three different dangers that are happening here. The scientist themselves might be making a mistake. When they utter a sentence, the subject of which is, quote-unquote, the state, or the state vector, or whatever, whether or not they are in their intentional interior semantics, if they are intending to reference an object in the world, you know, that's what I want the world to be able to say. In reality, if they're talking about an object, or if they're talking about this mark on the board that says 1 over the square root of 2 within a couple little brackets. Is that the state, or is the state an actual electron or whatever out there? Out, And then again, it's the whole container metaphor in and out and whatever. But anyway. So the, the scientist himself might be making the mistake, even if they're keeping it straight, they might be confusing their audience because they will use the same term to talk about both the ink on the marker board and the electron putatively flying through the Stern-Gerlach apparatus or whatever they're doing. And so that's the way I want this world term to function. I want it to be an option in a semantics about reference of terms. Does it reference a model, a symbol, or the world? I don't know if any of that is making sense. It makes sense. And I'm like, when we come out of the dark ages, we'll be able to start again, maybe. Um, now how does that any of that rambling interact with the way you either do or want to use the term the world i guess in some sense i my one of the the issues with how i'm using the world is i'm using it like in the singular but also in sort of the partial you know like the whole and partial and part and parceling this thing out 
So sometimes when I say the world, I'm kind of also just talking about part of it, you know, like just that slice over there, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, that's also probably confusing. When you were talking about, um, you know, confusing the audience, uh, quantum physicists doing, you know, with their language or whatever, and they can keep it straight in their heads, but, you know, the audience might not realize that. I think, well, sometimes I think, gosh, maybe that's motivated not by, like, laziness or some kind of aesthetic or something like that, but what if it's it's actually just motivated by, you know, like uh, grant funding and stuff, you know, <laughs> to an extent, like something that's super slight that gets in someone's head that they got to stay relevant and it makes it more exciting if it seems like you're really, you know, ta talking about the world. Because if you say, well, I'm just talking about my model, you know, people who also probably think in terms of only the world and not models and stuff like that would probably just turn their backs and walk out the door and you'd just be alone in the lecture hall by yourself. And, you know, funding agencies would be like, you're not getting a dime. Um, you know, so there's always that sense in in science where they've got to like show me why this is significant, you know, and the scientists, you know, are kind of forced to do that. Maybe, maybe not maybe, but sometimes think that there are these, so it's complicated enough that there are lots of different kinds of motivations that interfere with a clear presentation of information, you know, and that that would be one of them. Um, that was just something I thought of when you were talking. I was like, oh, crap. I wonder, you know, if mm -hmm. that's really as much part of it as anything is you want to keep your audience's attention because you don't trust them because they haven't been given the opportunity uh, to, you know, absorb the information in this way that we're talking about right now. And so, I don't know. Yeah, the world, huh? Uh, yeah. They can't hear got you nodding. <laughs> All uh, right. I guess we'll end it here or something, huh? Unless you have something magical to say at the end. No. Nope. Uh, say something magical. Say it. Magic. Change. We are a part of God.
God's great big family And the truth, you know love is all we So we all must lend a helping 